You're listening to the Weekend Sport Podcast with Jason Pine from Newstalk ZB. Before this podcast kicks off, let's talk about goals. The greatest goal is a native tree crowdfunding campaign, leaving a legacy for Aotearoa New Zealand as co-hosts of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Visit treesthatcount.co.nz to donate a native tree for a brighter future. Football Fever with Newstalk ZB's voice of football, Jason Pine and Bonnie Jansen with Trees That Count. Donate a native tree and help us score the greatest goal. Kia ora, welcome into Football Fever, your daily World Cup podcast with treesthatcount.co.nz. I'm Jason Pine, Bonnie Jansen back tomorrow, but we have the first two round of 16 matchups confirmed after the final two group games in Pool C last night in Wellington. Japan 4, Spain 0. Japan showing exactly why many people believe they are serious contenders for this Football World Cup, hammering Spain to finish top of Group C and book a last 16 showdown with Norway. Japan scored three times before halftime, with Hinata Miyazawa getting two. Her tally now for the tournament is four. She is the golden boot leader at this stage. But listen to these stats. These are quite astonishing. Across the game, Japan had just 23% possession. That is the lowest share of possession for a winning side at the Women's World Cup in history. They had just seven shots. Five of them were on target. And four of them went in. They had three touches, just three, inside the Spanish penalty area in the entire first half. But they led 3-0 thanks to those three touches. They were all goals. Incredible. So it just goes to show you don't necessarily need a whole bunch of possession to win a football match. A tactical masterclass from Japan last night. They will stay in Wellington where they'll play Norway on Saturday night at 8. And Spain, who finished second in the group, now head to Auckland. They will need to quickly regroup. They play Switzerland at Eden Park in their round of 16 game on Saturday afternoon from 5. The other game in Group C last night was in Hamilton. Nothing on this apart from a bit of pride. Zambia 3, Costa Rica 1. Zambia securing their very first Women's World Cup win. They'd lost 5-0 to both Spain and Japan, but they ended their campaign on a high. An even open game to end the tournament for these two sides. And the very popular Barbara Banda scored Zambia's second goal, which just happened to be the 1,000th goal in the history of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Costa Rica in the tournament with three losses, but at least they scored a goal to uh, go away with just a little bit of pride. Football Fever with Jason Pine and Bonnie Jansen with Trees That Count. Donate a native tree and help us score the greatest goal. Let's go to the late games last night. Melbourne, Australia 4, Canada 0. Absolutely superb last night from the Matildas, just when they needed it most in front of a packed house in Melbourne. Hayley Rasso scored twice in the first half, Mary Fowler on target in the second, and Steph Catley tucking home a late penalty for Canada. They suffered their first Women's World Cup group stage exit since 2011 and, even worse, become the first reigning Olympic champions to be eliminated 
before the quarterfinals of the ensuing World Cup. A really disappointing campaign for Canada, but for Australia, their biggest ever Women's World Cup win. They topped the group and they didn't even need Sam Kerr. She was there on the bench last night, if needed, but uh, didn't have to take the field with her team winning so impressively. So she now has another week to rehab further ahead of their round of 16 clash. Let's get some post-match thoughts out of the Matildas camp from striker Caitlin Ford. Yeah, I mean, I'm just super proud of everyone's performance tonight. We, yeah, I mean, we felt good. We played well. We um, were aggressive. We finished off our chances. Um, yeah, just really pleased, obviously, to get the win, but even better to top the group. Talk us through that feeling in the first half and the relief or how you felt, particularly when that first goal went in. Yeah, it's always nice to get one, um, obviously, early enough. But, um, yeah, it just, it just felt like it was going to come. And, um, as I said, we are confident and um, we created, we scored. We had one disallowed. We scored straight off the back of it. It just felt like it was our day. And, um, yeah, it was just a feeling that we had, even going into the game. We just wanted to get out there and get it done. And the crowd here today, unreal once again. Yeah, I mean, it, it was insane. I mean, we love playing here in Melbourne. It was loud. Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely pushed us through and, um, yeah, I, I don't know, they were just amazing and, um, yeah, I guess thank you to them to, to put on that show for us and obviously we can give it back in return. On a personal note, you played a bit of a different position today versus the last few games. How did you enjoy that? Yeah, I did, but it's more natural for me. Um, I've played a lot of my football this season out there and I've been confident I felt good. So I guess I was just excited to be back out there and to, yeah, I guess everything just come naturally. And just a quick word on the goal scorers, particularly Mary and, and Razo, just how happy are you and stoked are you for them right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously so happy. With This team is about, doesn't matter who puts it in as long as it's, it's going in and um, all credit to them, obviously. Rasso, really good finishes in great positions, and that's not just by luck. So, um, well done to her and Mary. I know you just get her the ball in the box, and it's going to go in. And Steph to step up and do that again was incredible. So, that's what this team's about. That is uh, Caitlin Ford, uh, Matilda's striker, speaking after the game last night. Now, no, uh, Nigeria also go through to the round of 16 by virtue of their nil-all draw with Ireland. They finish second in the group. Canada and Ireland's tournaments are over. Nigeria and Australia now wait for the top two in Group D so that they get their round of 16 matches confirmed. Those games are later on tonight. I must say, watching the scenes from Melbourne last night couldn't help but feel a little bit envious about the the joy there at uh, at Melbourne's rectangular stadium last night. Wouldn't it have been amazing to have similar scenes in Dunedin the night before? Couldn't Australia maybe have won 3-0 and given us one of their goals to beat Switzerland down in Dunedin? But not to be, unfortunately. Not to be. To further discuss New Zealand's campaign, let's bring in former football fern Wendy Henderson. She played all three games for New Zealand at their first World Cup appearance in 1991 and also all three at the 2007 Football World Cup. 17 goals for New Zealand across 64 A internationals. Wendy, thanks for joining us on the Football Fever podcast. How should we regard the Ferns' performances overall at this Football World Cup? Oh, I, I think overall, you know, the performance of the Ferns has been outstanding. And really, when you look at the results and, and how they've actually played, you know, they're the top of the the, the um, pool, really, you know, and that's what's quite out, you know, I, I guess hard to sort of fathom in terms of where they've ended up. 
So what do you think went wrong? Oh, look, I think at the end of the day, you know, in order to progress, you, you need to find the back of the net. And to be able to find the back of the net, you need to be able to, I, I guess, create opportunities, um, you know, put them away, but also in some ways have the confidence um, to kind of try things. And, you know, you're seeing in other, in, in other games, you know, youngsters just taking on players and having a go and, you know, players um, putting amazing balls into the box and anything can happen type, you know, scenarios. So I, I think we just needed a little bit more of that, perhaps up, up top. Did you think that Yitka might have thrown Millie Clegg on, for example, untested, obviously, at this level, but something a bit different, a bit of a sugar hit? Yeah, there's a bit of talk around that, eh? And, and I guess, why not? You know, like, when you do see some of the other youngsters that are coming onto the park, they're probably a little bit naive as to, you know, the, the level and the standard and who they're coming up against. And often what you see in games like that is, you know, youngsters, youngsters actually taking players on, um, having a go, you know, at the end of the day as a striker or, or certainly as an attacking midfielder, you know where the goal is. You don't need to worry about that. you just got to have a go. So, yeah, it could have been an option and an opportunity, I guess. What was the atmosphere like? Uh, it sounded amazing on TV. What was it like to be there? Yeah, it was, a re- it was really incredible. Um, you know, we were quite excited to to obviously be um, fortunate enough to be in Dunedin and, and go along. And it's the first time I've been at um, at the stadium down there. And so I guess having the, the roof covered in, um, the noise was electric. Um, yeah, it was just the atmosphere was, you know, awesome. And I don't think, you know, across all three games, really, um, you couldn't have asked for anything better. Just uh, back to the goal scoring or, or lack of, just the one goal in three games. Uh, um, what what do you think needs to, to change? You mentioned, you know, perhaps a bit more fearlessness, maybe some, some new players there. But what do you think the other issues might have been in the attacking third? I, I think, yeah, I think that's what's so tough is that, you know, we've, we've demonstrated that we can compete at that level. You know, we've done really well and we can hold our heads up, you know, really high overall. But... Yeah, we, we need to start looking at something in that kind of attacking third that's going to be a bit special. Um, you know, in some ways, Australia a few years ago found Sam Kerr. You know, we need to find a Sam Kerr or, or the equivalent um, in New Zealand. And so for me, it's just looking at that creativity, you know, in that kind of attacking third, um, you know, attacking midfielders that, um, you know, have uh, the technique and ability to to try something new, um, to create something out of nothing. Um, and, and strikers that, uh, you know, will just put their body on the line to, to do everything they can to get on the end of something or create something. Um, so, you know, we've got to kind of look around the country, look around the globe and sort of see who's got a Kiwi connection that we can um, start to pull in and, and look, you know, for the future. A couple of bright spots, though, Wendy, I thought, in the attacking third were Jackie Hand and India Page Riley. Do you, do you feel encouraged that, that they may be the sorts of players who could um, who could, could help in this regard? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, Jackie Hand, for me, uh, played really consistently across the three games. You know, she was a player that when she got on the board, she is creating something out of nothing, you know, just having a go because you never, you know, you never know. Um, and in the last two games has has hit the woodwork. And so, you know, they're almost what-if moments um, for both games, really. You know, if they had both gone in, you know, we, we wouldn't have even been having this conversation. So, yeah, definitely, you know, Jackie Hen, um, you know, uh, I, I think that they are both 
yeah, stars of the future, really. And um, we we just need to keep building on um, players like them and the likes of Millie Clegg, really. Yeah, agree. Hey, thanks, Wendy. Appreciate you taking the time for a chat to us. Wendy Henderson, 64-game international and double World Cup participant for New Zealand, joining us on Football Fever. Well, this podcast takes a half-time break, let's talk about the greatest goal, a crowdfunding campaign leaving a legacy for Aotearoa New Zealand as co-hosts of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023 by asking fans to donate a native tree. Each native tree costs just $10 and whether you donate one or many, you'll be contributing to amazing restoration projects across Aotearoa. Visit treesthatcount.co.nz to donate a native tree and help us score the greatest goal. Looks like we're ready to kick off the second half. Football Fever with Jason Pine and Bonnie Jansen with Trees That Count. Donate a native tree and help us score the greatest goal. Let's have a look ahead to tonight's action. Four more games and two more groups coming to their conclusion. Group E, massive crowd expected at Eden Park for the United States up against Portugal. At the same time, 7 o'clock, down in Dunedin, it's the Netherlands against Vietnam. Also a big crowd expected there. Now, draws would be enough for both the USA and the Netherlands to go through. Portugal would need to beat the United States tonight if they are to advance at their very first World Cup. Vietnam know that regardless of their result in Dunedin, they cannot advance out of group play. So a chance after the USA and Netherlands played one another in the middle of last week to see these two teams again. And uh, for the United States, perhaps just a, another opportunity to to lift their game up a notch or two. I think by their own admission, they were below par against Vietnam in the first game and certainly in the first half against the Netherlands. They came right after the break. Uh, the Netherlands as well looking extremely assured in that first half uh, against the United States and were very, very efficient as well in beating Portugal in Dunedin in their first game. So a couple of fascinating clashes in Group E. And then later on tonight, Group D comes to its conclusion 11 o'clock kickoffs New Zealand time in these two games England against China in Adelaide and Haiti against Denmark in Perth now England only need a point to progress they've had a couple of 1-0 wins so far and a draw would be enough for Denmark to go through if England beat China but if Denmark win over Haiti, of course, they also would advance. We'll wrap all of that action for you tomorrow on the podcast and the welcome return, too, of Bonnie Jansen, who's been, uh, I was going to say, swanning around Australia, but she's been working, really, over in Australia. be great to hear from Bonnie about the atmosphere on the other side of the Tasman as this Women's World Cup continues. Thanks for listening. Fresh episode around about the same time tomorrow. In this post-match review, let's score the greatest goal by donating a native tree to leave a legacy for Aotearoa New Zealand as co-hosts of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Visit treesthatcount.co.nz to donate a native tree for a brighter future. The Football Fever Podcast with Jason Pine and Bonnie Jansen with Trees That Count. Donate a native tree and help us score the greatest goal. For more from Weekend Sport with Jason Pine, listen live to News Talk ZB weekends from midday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.